podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger radio show podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. Black legs are short but very powerful for digging. In fact, the name badger probably comes from the French word beche, meaning digger. It's that badger style. Hi everybody, welcome to another edition of the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast. I'm James, going to be taking you through again this week. And a very good week as well because we've got Johnny Tattersall joining us, the Yorkshire young wicketkeeper batsman. It's a story of inspiration, it's a story of redemption released by Yorkshire, fought himself back. He's retrained himself. He's rebranded himself as a wicketkeeper, and he's doing rather well. He's certainly a name to look out for as we go through the 2019 cricket season. And I think you'll agree, it's an interesting chat with Johnny. A good approach to the game. He's got a little bit of fight in him. And having seen him keep out in the UAE in the T20 tournament there in October, He's not doing a bad job at taking up the gloves. Also talk to Johnny a little bit about his hopes for Yorkshire over the next few years. As always with that county, there's some bright young stars eager to do well at Headingley. And on the international scene, we've seen India take their first series win down under. They've nearly got the full set now, just South Africa away. And then there'll be a tick in every box for Virat Kohli's side. And we're going to give you the opportunity to say what you think about either India or Australia, using the Sound Branch platform. You can record your clip and be included on next week's show. Some more details coming up about that halfway through the interview with Johnny. It's that Badger style. So here we go then, Johnny Tattersall. Story of redemption, as I say. A story of fighting back against the odds. A fairly traditional opening batsman, England under-19 World Cup player rebranded as a wicketkeeper batsman and it's working for him. I saw him play out in Abu Dhabi in October. I used to work at the club. So I had a, quite a few chats with some of the Yorkies out there, but Johnny was one that I didn't get a chance to sit down and have a talk to. So I decided now was the time to find out about how Johnny Tattersall is approaching the 2019 season with the gloves on his mitts. You're about the only person for the Yorkshire side. I didn't get a chance to actually have a, have a chat to out in Abu Dhabi when I was out there. So yeah. I thought I'd have a talk to you now because your your story really interests me in that I was aware of you when I was working at the club, you know, as a young batsman, under 19 for England and all the rest of it. And then you yeah. you, you had your troubles, didn't you? You've come back yeah. and been reincarnated as a wicketkeeper, which is quite a metamorphosis, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's been uh, yeah, it's been quite a journey, I guess, really. So yeah, it's been it's been a good one, uh, good choice to take up the gloves, I guess. And how so. did that come about? Who, because obviously you were you're an opening batsman, top order batsman. You had your successes, as I say, as a, as a youngster. But how, how did the obviously disappointment in being released at some stage, but then coming back to get the gloves? How did all that happen? I mean, when I came back, I was I've always um, always been a leg spin bowler, so I was kind of hoping to sort of get a bit of a chance to to roll a few leggies out. And the chances, obviously, with the sort of the amount of spinners we've got and playing in the second team this with the amount of bowlers we normally have is always quite difficult there's sort of as a second string 
to your bow if you like so it's quite difficult to get overs in yeah um, so i mean i had a sort of a brief chat with uh, richard dams it had been two seasons ago sort of last game of the year when we were at, um, at scarborough and uh, zima feek went out for a ball in the middle at lunch and yeah i just decided to go and take some gloves and just go and stand behind just for a you know a bit of bit of fun because the game was sort of petering out and i just he was um stood sort of shadow batting for for azim and i just i said to him i reckon yeah i reckon i could have a bit of a go at doing this um because my dad and my brother are both wicket keepers uh so it runs in the family a little bit so yeah that was kind of how it all started and then i didn't really act on it until uh Gailey came up to me in in the gyms last november and said how do you fancy taking up wicket keeping and i sort of jumped at the chance really so just worked hard over the winter and then yeah where we are now i guess so so had you ever put the gloves on before then had you kept at any standard yeah well i mean i've done a little bit for sort of club cricket when i was a junior when i was was playing at nairsborough if we didn't have a weed keeper i'd just i'd go and stand behind the stumps because i didn't really find much use in bowling or my, my dad was normally the the coach so he liked to get other lads into the game obviously because i had a lot of other cricket going on so i didn't really need to be bowling sort of too much at that time so i'd go and st- stand behind the, the stumps and uh, played we used to play we played charity games for the academy um, at Sheriff Upton Bridge and I kept a couple of times in that because we tended to sort of sort of shift it about and let the bowlers have a bit more of a bat up the top of the order and I was keen to sort of stick the gloves on so and the keepers were always keen to get out and have a bit of a bowl so uh, and then I kept for a game a uh, league game uh, against Dunnington probably I think two or three years ago for Harrogate so I mean I've not done a huge amount of it but I'd always quite enjoyed it when I'd done it sort of the few times I, I had done it so it's quite a big step up from, from that level isn't it to yeah. keeping for Yorkshire in first-class cricket, there's a, there's a, a lot of practice and a lot of hard work goes into the transition. Really, I guess from being well, even less than a part-time wicketkeeper. How, how did Andrew Gale? What led him to come up to you and, and make that suggestion? Had he had a chat with Richard Dams, or I think he had a chat with sort of all the, the coaching stuff, really. Um, obviously, because Bairstow's obviously always sort of away with England these days, so we don't tend to see a lot of him. And then obviously there was a situation with Hod last year of whether he was going to carry on playing or whether he was going to go into retirement so there's kind of that little bit of the unknown I think it was kind of a little bit of a stab in the dark in terms of well if I enjoy it and I do well then obviously great um, but if not then I guess it's not as if I'd, I'd lost any time with any of the other skills that I was doing so but it just so happened that it came out in a good light I guess really so yeah no, it worked well Was it a smooth transition did you ever have any problems initially or did you always feel that uh, you were going in the right direction with that? I think it was, it was tough at the start I think obviously like you say it's sort of a big step up from facing uh, sort of league bowlers I mean I was I was fortunate to have Ben Code played in that game that I kept for Harrogate so it was a little bit of a I remember he bowled the first ball of the game and it came straight through to me and I dropped it on the floor <laughs> I remember that so um, the obviously the pace of the bowling and things like that with stub back it obviously hits the gloves a lot harder but I mean it's just I think it was just a case of sort of nailing down a bit of technique during the winter which I think I picked up pretty quickly because I moved quite well in the field when I was a fielder so it didn't seem too much of a problem that so it was just sort of getting the volume in of, of practice of, of facing bowlers 
obviously stood back and it was a little bit of a challenge obviously standing up to seamers who obviously bowl a little bit who obviously bowl quicker than, than what they do in league cricket when you stand up to those those kinds of bowlers so that's obviously sort of a little bit more of a difficult sort of adjustment but yeah I think it was just a lot of practice really and pre-season was good but was challenging at the same time and I think um, after I played a few games in the second team and, and did a few games and sort of got used to being in that role I think I, I did, did alright with it so I was yeah, I was pretty pleased and hopefully I can keep taking it forward really so I'm going to take you back into last century when I was playing club cricket and I was a kind of I was a very bad all-rounder but I, I turned up one day to a game and our keeper was wasn't there <coughs> can't remember why I volunteered to take the gloves and it is a completely different thing wicket keeping to what you, well certainly to what I thought it was going to be like because I, I put the gloves on and I can catch and I could I could field and I thought well this is going to be okay I can catch the ball when it comes through but when that yeah. ball hits your hands and you you automatically try and catch it as if you're going to catch it in the, as a fielder and it hurts doesn't it or it hits you hard and you, yeah, you, you learn yeah. you learn gradually that you need to give a little bit and, and kind of take that ball kind of almost behind your body and take it through so it's a, it is a completely different thing than catching the ball say at point when somebody drives it at you yeah yeah, it's, it's a lot different I think I mean the only the plus side is that you get a lot longer to, to see it I guess you get to see it all the way out of the bowler's hand and then obviously pass the bat before it gets to you whereas you, it, when you field it you've only got from you to the batsman to sort of get a good visual of it yeah it's just it's just a bit bizarre but I mean I, I feel like I take to fielding sort of quite naturally so I mean it wasn't too too difficult like I said I mean at the start it was a little bit when the ball comes through to you at sort of that pace it just takes a little bit of getting used to but I mean you soon sort of crank up the volume with sort of the games we play in in second team like three-day games and like the amount of cricket we played during the season sort of when I got the chance to play in the first team I kind of I felt that I was you know I was ready to to go in and and do it do a good job like I wasn't I didn't feel like I was going to be questioning myself too much am I going to be good enough obviously there was a fair bit of nerves around but there's always going to be when you're sort of doing something that's not exactly your first skill and you're sort of going into a, sort of important games for Yorkshire first team it's obviously you've got that nerves that you obviously want to do well and you don't want to sort of don't want to track the limelight for the bad reasons kind yeah. of and I guess yeah and no, I it, it went well I, I can't really complain so and the, and the transition from being a normal fielder and, and roaming around in the outfield to being a keeper as a keeper you're always in the action aren't you you're right in the centre of it you're involved in every ball yeah I mean I, like, I used to be fielding so I mean being a keeper and being able to sort of get involved like you say every ball whether it's come off the bat and it's coming in from a field or whether it's just coming straight through to you you've always feeling the game so I like that about it I guess so I mean because sometimes you can stand in the field and you know you can do 50 overs and you might only touch the ball like 10 times it just sometimes the ball just doesn't doesn't seem to come to you in a day in a day's play in like 50 overs but you know you're going to be in the game as a week keeper so I mean ever since I was like a kid I'd obviously be if I wasn't batting and I wasn't bowling I'd want to be stuck behind the stumps wicket keeping kind of thing so I always wanted to be in the action kind of thing so yeah I've been watching a bit of the Australia India test series and Tim Payne's been making a lot of uh, viral videos isn't he because he's been chirping behind the stumps and <laughs> reminding the Indians he's there all the time are you a chirper are you, are, you, are you quite loud when you're out there or are you kind of developing that personality as a keeper I think I just sort of stick to my personality and in terms of I just you know I'm there to encourage the team really more than anything and get behind the bowlers and sort of make noise that way and you know sort of getting through the overs and creating energy sort of through the action as time tells we'll uh, we'll see that might that might change a little bit as we uh, you know if somebody says something to anger me then I might have to say a few words you don't know so just the, the way the game goes but I mean I've not really had sort of 
too much time to think about that. Obviously, with uh, sort of the way it's been going and coming into it kind of view, I'm, I've been sort of focused on making sure that I'm doing my job rather than trying to pull the batter off because there's putting the batter off, but if you get a chance and you're not ready for it, then obviously not going to help the team out. So I was just trying to make sure that I'm doing my bit for the team, really, and concentrating on what I've got to do. What, one of the advantages you got, I mean, we've seen quite a few keeper batsmen down the years. I mean, more recently, sort of Josh Butler, Johnny Bairstow, who you, who you'll know well. I mean, Johnny was keeping from, a, from an early age, but basically already had the batting under their belt and, and developed their keeping a little bit more. You're going yeah. down that same route, and it, it must be quite nice because you're a, gen- a genuine all-rounder in, these days in, in teams, aren't you? So you know your batting there you've got your keeping now so you are an all-rounder in that side yeah I think it just it gives another dimension to obviously to coach and captain and how they want to sort of set the team up you know I mean I obviously like to be bat sort of six five or six I like to be in the game I've always had the batting capabilities I, I believe but it's sort of just being able to find that um, sort of find that opportunity to get a go in the team and, and it so happens to sort of come with the gloves um, I wasn't necessarily expecting it to happen like that but um, that was the way it sort of went I can't really complain of, of how it's gone at all so yeah I'm, I'm pleased with the way it's going hopefully I can contrib- keep contributing with the bat throughout next season it'll be, uh, be great you, you chipped in with a few useful knots last year didn't you in, the, in both one day and first class stuff so you must be pleased with kind of getting a few runs under your belt yeah you've signed a new three year deal which is fantastic and you, you've got the chance to really make a name for yourself now yeah I'm I mean, hopefully I'll, I'll be uh, starting the season in the first team, which is, you know, sort of your goal, I guess. When you're, when you're playing in the second team, you're always trying to break into the first team. And, you know, if, if you can start a season in the first team, it kind of feels like you've got that little bit more of a belonging in that in that first team. So hopefully I can hopefully I can do that this year. And, yeah, like I say, if I can, hopefully I can get sort of trusted with the batter, even in, in the 2020s. I know I batted at five and went in sort of just after the power play um, last season and did quite well in that. Hopefully, I can sort of make that a bit more of a of a permanent spot in, in sort of all formats, really. I guess so. And yeah, just like to make a few few hundreds and, and help the team out and just win some cricket matches. It's obviously key, really. So hopefully, I can do that. A few people have said to me down the years that as a keeper, it actually helps you batting a little bit because you well, yeah, you see how other people bat and you see it close up, but you also get used to seeing bowlers bowling and and get used to kind of the, the, the way the ball comes through a little bit more. You think that's that's the case? You think that maybe adds a little bit to your bat? Too. I think it just I know a lot of people talk about sort of confidence when you're batting well then you tend to be keeping well or you know if you if you've not been in a, a great spot where you're batting if you're keeping well then sometimes that confidence you take from that sense to sort of go through to the other facet of your game so yeah I mean I, I kind of felt that a bit last year I kind of felt like I was getting on a bit of a roll and, and then I started scoring some runs in to be fair I mean I was I was speaking to my friends um, and we, we used to go and watch Yorkshire play sort of 2020 cricket on the like the Friday nights when the with the lights on and stuff when I was sort of first at Yorkshire and I was kind of thinking well I can never see myself playing 2020 cricket for Yorkshire just because of the way that I play and to be fair this year I've kind of surprised myself a little bit in how well I've done so I mean it's yeah I mean if I can keep doing that next year then yeah I'm going to be pretty pleased if I can produce in all formats but that's definitely a goal anyway. Was that because you you couldn't see yourself playing some of the shots that they play? Have you had to yeah. work on your batting to try and add a few little you know, tweaks to it and some little some of the gimmicky shots as I'd call them to try and kind of rotate take the strike and keep yourself in there yeah I think it's just sort of knowing that um, there's there's a place in the team for my style of batting even though I don't tend to be someone who clears the ropes a lot but can do when when he's required or when I get it right I can do that but I think it's just knowing that I'm never going to be somebody who who clears the ropes and understanding that myself but knowing that the team will benefit when I'm playing at my best 
knowing that the team will benefit from having somebody like me in the team because it allows everybody else to go and play those kind of shots that everyone else is is obviously great at that we have sort of so many we have so many people in the team that that can do it that are obviously big hitters and like to play big shots and not necessarily just at the top of the order at the lower order as well but that that's always good that I can come in and, and be able to set it up for those guys towards the back end rather than them getting in sort of too early and having to hang around before they can really sort of explode at the end so I mean I guess it's just I've just sort of found it just clicked last year and knowing how I play my cricket in all formats and you know I've found a way to, to do it and I'm executing it pretty well and yeah so looking forward to next year really and hopefully can, can produce a bit more of the same. We know it, you're sat at home, you're in your car, you're on the train, you're dying to have a comment on something said on the Cricket Budget Radio Show podcast. Well, you can through Sound Branch, soundbranch.com, where you can leave comments to be played out on the show next week. Just go to soundbranch.com, search Cricket Budget, you'll see the branches of conversation evolving on there. Leave your response, and if we like it, or even if we don't like it, it could well be on the Cricket Budget Radio Show podcast next week. Did you think your time at Yorkshire was was up? Because obviously you've you've had some time away from the the club, scored a lot of runs in in club cricket and and caught their attention again. But did you think at any stage, that's me done, I'm going to have to find something else to do in my life? Um, I didn't necessarily think it was, I was going to have to do something else other than cricket. I I was still quite determined to to be a cricketer, but I just, I never thought, to be honest, that I'd ever sort of be back at Yorkshire, unless it was sort of maybe five or six years down the line. I didn't think that I'd go away, play somewhere else for a little bit and then come back and, and get a contract with Yorkshire again I thought I'd have to trial around like I did but a contract had probably come at another county but I mean it didn't it's not happened like that but it's great it's great to be back because obviously I've played at Yorkshire since I was eight so it's obviously taken up sort of my whole my whole life I guess really so it's it's great to sort of be able to come back and it's nice to come back to sort of what you know and, and familiar faces and things like that Does it make you appreciate it a little bit more because you, you're getting kind of almost like a second bite at it yeah 100% I think you kind of sometimes you can sort of get swept along with the journey I guess at times the first time around I didn't really I didn't feel as if I was doing a huge amount wrong and sort of the way I was going about it but I guess I just I probably didn't score as many runs as they probably wanted me to and to be fair I didn't score from my personal point of view as well I didn't score as many runs as I was wanting to um, and for whatever reason you know that was where they decided to to cut ties and kind of like that it just kind of see it coming but you don't and it's always sort of a massive shock but yeah I mean coming back you appreciate it so much more and obviously work I feel like I'm I feel like I'm working just as hard if not probably a, a bit harder I mean I, I thought I worked fairly hard the first time I was around first time I was there but I mean you kind of always questioning I'm always questioning myself now am I, am I doing enough I guess yeah. so I, I saw a lot of people get told that they were surplus to requirements and kind of walking out in that car park and I suppose a few people you know after they just left and it's not a nice not a nice conversation to have is it when somebody's telling you that potentially your dream's over yeah no it's yeah it's not great really but I mean I guess it's just however you want to you want to take it really I mean I didn't think I knew personally I obviously not want to sound too arrogant but I, I knew that I was I was a better player than some of the people that were there 
that was that were my thoughts and obviously people probably might say differently but that's you know that's everybody's opinion but I guess you need a bit of that sometimes to be able to you know say actually this is what I want to do I want to carry on doing it a bit of because I, I know yeah I know I'm good enough even though to be fair if you speak to most people they probably wouldn't say that I ooze self-belief if that sort of makes sense I'm probably I'm quite more of a quiet person and just sort of like to get on with my business but I don't normally like to sort of I'm not so much of an arrogant person and sort of strut around and sort of tell you how good I am kind of thing you kind of need a little bit of that in yourself even though a lot of the time I do doubt I do doubt myself but kind of have to I mean I only have to look back on the journey that I've been and you know I, I can sort of sit there and go well if I'm playing badly I can always go well you know it could be worse I could not be here because I've had that experience which is obviously different to a lot of people a lot of people don't have that to look back on some people think when they're not playing well that you know it's it's a really bad thing but you know I've had it I've had it worse than that so I guess that's a, a bonus to it I guess. You seem to have been around at the club for I don't know decades because <laughs> you know, I, I can remember you as a as a little fella walking around you just turned 24 haven't you so if, you know effectively yeah. your career is only really starting to get into the zone where you know <coughs> you, you're classed as a, a senior player and, and, and can kick on so probably this second chance is and, and as you say some of the disappointments that you can learn from have, have happened at the right time haven't they yeah I mean it wasn't it wasn't too late I guess some people don't obviously get that opportunity sometimes you get to that age where you don't if you've been at one club and you you don't play a lot in, in first team you don't have too much of a track record in first team cricket then counties other counties tend to not really not really have a have a look because they're more looking towards their youth of, of their academies and what they're producing and probably more likely to, to take a chance on those rather than somebody who's been somewhere but not really played a lot of first team cricket because obviously they want to they want to get the best people in and obviously if you've got stats to back it up then that's obviously great but I mean I didn't I didn't have that I think I'd only think one list A game and I, I made a duck in that game as well so I mean I didn't have any track record to go on um, but kind of just hoping that somebody will take a bit of a punt on you and I mean I went to Durham for, for a month or so and then to Derbyshire the next year and I did pretty well and I was staying in contact with, with second team cricket which is obviously good because it's obviously a higher standard of cricket so and I was doing quite well in that so I was still exposing myself to, to obviously good cricketers around so I think that that probably helped as well. I was out in Abu Dhabi, as you know, for the uh, the T20 at the end. Of, well, it's early October, wasn't it? The yeah. games that you played out there. You know, I hadn't seen you keep before, and to be honest, I didn't notice you, which is probably the biggest compliment you can give a wicketkeeper, isn't it? In terms of um, yeah, how they're keeping because you were you were tidy, neat, and and did everything that was that was asked of you. And I was working with the TV commentator commentary team up in the in the stands there, and James Foster came onto the microphone. They started talking about your transition. He'd been talking to Gailey in the hotel, and he was watching yeah. you and was very complimentary about your keeping as well so you've yeah you, you're doing a decent job behind the stumps yeah i mean it's had a, a brief chat with, with with foster just when we were at training one of the days he just popped over and said uh, sort of introduced himself and just said um, I can't believe you've only been keeping for six months and he said you know imagine what you'll be like at the end of next season so yeah I mean I'm looking forward to getting to the end of next season and, and seeing where I'm, I'm going to be in my keeping but yeah I mean get praise like that off probably one of the best if not the best week keeper that, that England have, have probably had so yeah it's obviously fills you with a lot of confidence and know that you're doing stuff right so it gives you that motivation to you know when he says things like that to go on and really kick on and see what you can see what you can achieve in the game as i said in the introduction to the podcast we've seen india triumph down in australia and there's quite a few emotions around in both camps indians very very happy with their team virat kohli's men playing some great cricket down there cheswa pujara 
the man of the series, had a really stellar few matches. As if you're Australian listening to this, it's not great, is it? With the Ashes coming up in 2019, how do you see the state of Australian cricket? You have your chance to appear on next week's Cricket Budget Radio Show podcast by visiting soundbranch.com. If you put in Cricket Budget into the search system on there, you'll see there are a couple of threads. One to do with the Indian team, one to do with the Australian team. All you need to do is record your clip in response to those questions and you could be on next week's Cricket Budget Radio Show Podcast. Who was the person that you turned to for coaching for your keeping? Because obviously as, a, as somebody that is fresh to it a little bit, who, who do you go to for advice at Yorkshire? did a bit last year with Wayne Noon in the winter, so he was he was really helpful with sort of getting me set up and getting me on the right track and things like that. And then Paul Shaw, who's the ex-women's head coach for England. Yeah. So I've been doing a fair bit of coaching with him and he's come back in this winter and we're doing just doing some more keeping me and Ben Burkhead have been sort of hard at work already did a bit before Christmas and just sort of ramping it up a little bit now we've come back so yeah he's been he's been a, a great help and speaks about the game in, in sort of a way that I like to sort of talk about the game sort of in depth sort of tactical ways and yeah sort of plays to my to my tune really so he's been uh, he's been a massive help you, you got about the right build for a keeper haven't you? you you're not too short but you're kind of you're fairly slim and fairly sprightly looking it's uh, probably a decent fit isn't it in terms of your physique yeah I don't want to be too big trying to get down to, too much do you so yeah I'm quite agile behind the stump so um, I guess that, that helps helps massively when I went to dive about and be able to move quickly and yeah just I just really enjoy it so that's the, that's the main thing just throw yourself into it so looking at your Crick Info page and I usually do this when I interview somebody I'll, I'll stick up their Crick Info page just in case there's something I've forgotten about them they've still got you down as a leg spinner they haven't mentioned the wicket keeping yet so they, they need to but if you're listening in anybody from Crick Info you need to catch up with that with this this thing um, but uh, you, you've got an opportunity now haven't you as, as we said at the start of this to really forge your career in something that you potentially weren't expecting to be doing and it must be quite exciting that to be heading into 2019 the summer ahead of you as you say a, a potential first team start there for you as well you can write that Crick Info page and make them catch up can't you you can really you can put some stats on there that you can be proud of yeah I mean the future's bright I guess really but I mean I mean if, if Johnny's going to be away with, with England quite a lot which I suspect he most uh, probably will be so um, obviously that's that's good for me because that means I'll probably be able to keep the weed keeping gloves for, for a while so um, I guess yeah I'm sort of I'm in control of my destiny now I guess um, if you look at it that way I mean before when I was there first time round I, I probably wasn't I was always trying to get sort of a foot in the door and sort of trying to get recognised but I think what I've done obviously last year has sort of made people stand up and, and take notice of who I am and, and now it's sort of down to me and that's all that you really want because you've you've only got you you've only got yourself to blame if if you mess it up. But I mean, I've sort of no intentions of doing that. Discover one of the most beautiful lifestyle resorts in the Caribbean at the Accra Beach Hotel and Spa, located on the south coast of Barbados. This beachfront property offers 224 rooms. Sparkling pools, four restaurants, three bars, an on-site spa, event and conferencing facilities, and a welcoming team providing unparalleled relaxation to make your stay a memorable one. What are you waiting for? Book your reservation at this award-winning hotel today 
and experience the Caribbean dream. What are your thoughts with for the team as a whole going into 2019? The uh, a lot's happened. A few people have left. Decent squad there. I mean, I, I was quite impressed out in the UAE with the team spirit. Everybody seems to be getting along, and everybody seems to be really positive. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit more of a of a younger side or some more fresh faces. Obviously, with a few people leaving last year, but I mean that happens. That happens everywhere. I mean, it happens everywhere in every sport. You look at sort of the Manchester United is a perfect example at the minute for people who maybe watch the football of a team that sort of changed massively since that, since Sir Alex Ferguson left their manager. Like, teams go through it all the time with peaks and troughs and rebuilding and getting people back. But obviously, Yorkshire's obviously such a high-profile club that we obviously want to be we winning games at cricket all the time and winning trophies. But it doesn't always happen. But the, the people that we've got around at the club, there's no reason why we, we still can't do it and people are, are believing that we can can definitely still be competing to do stuff but it's just going to be getting that experience in for the younger guys who've not played a lot of first class cricket I mean myself I've not played I've played seven games or something like that I've not played a huge amount of first team cricket but the more I think we play as a, as a team then you know we might have that, that period that we had 2010s that we had or 2013 14, 15, 16, that, that period we had where we came, won it twice and came close twice, I think, yeah, there's no reason why we can't sort of do that again in, in maybe one or two years' times, depending on how people develop and whether we get any more people through the door to help us do that. There's some quite exciting but, yeah. youngsters there, aren't there? The, uh, the, uh, Josh Shaw impressed me with the ball. You've got um, Ben Code, who obviously has taken a lot of wickets, but he's still fairly fresh to the, the team. With the ball, particularly, I think there's a few coming through that are going to be quite impressive and you'll be keeping to them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, it's, it's, it's good. Even the, the lads we've got in the second team, there's, there's still lads that are wanting to play first team cricket and obviously like Jordan Thompson played in the uh, 2020s this year, but I know for a fact that obviously he'll want to he'll definitely want to be playing Red Bull cricket for Yorkshire as well. So, I mean, there's, there's loads of guys in the second team that are really hungry to play first-team cricket for Yorkshire and they're just waiting for that opportunity to be given to them. You know, there's, there's no reason why. Ben was a, a great sort of indicator for that. You give someone a chance and he goes takes 50 wickets first year he plays and then obviously follows it up last season as well, picking up 40-odd wickets. So 100 wickets in, just short of 100 wickets in two seasons is great for someone who's sort of just come onto the scene. So, you know, and I'm sure there'll be more people like that with both bat and ball that will come into the team that you've not seen a lot of, but they get given the opportunity I'm sure they'll be given given everything for the shirt. I mean, I'm sure one of your ambitions for the, the coming summer is to get to three figures as well, isn't it? And raise you back to that Headingley crowd or wherever you are, and kind of really prove your you, your point as a, as a wicketkeeper batsman. Yeah, massively. I think that's obviously my next goal. I, mean, I came close a couple of times. I nearly had one down at Hampshire in the semi-final in that 50-over game that we um, James Vince got 175 and played very well. But yeah, I mean, it'd be great to to get three figures under the belt, and you know. Hopefully I can do it. Um, hopefully I can get it away fairly early, and then hopefully that'll be a great place to to kick on from. So, but you know, we'll just have to wait and see, and and not get sort of too far ahead of myself. And just yeah, I think I'll keep grounded, especially with the journey that I've been on. So I just make sure I keep enjoying it, and that's probably the main thing for me. And I'm sure the success will come. If you're smiling, it generally means that you're uh, you're doing okay at the same time, doesn't it? It won't be a bad position if you if you smile throughout 2019, then uh, you'll be you, you won't be too far away. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, Johnny, and I, I think your story really interesting the fact that you you know as James Foster said to you I can't believe you only started keeping only a few months ago you've come on leaps and bounds and it's uh, going to be interesting to see how you get on in 2019 thanks for being a guest on the show no pleasure pleasure it's that badger style
Thank you very much indeed for Johnny. Wish him all the best for 2019 and beyond. Got a good approach to the game, got a good head on his shoulders, and the lad can play. So hopefully we'll be seeing that 100 fairly early in the 2019 season, and he'll go from strength to strength. Thank you very much for listening to the show again this week. And thank you as well for your listens to last week's show, the show with Ed Hawkins. It broke our records, the most listens to any Cricket Budget radio show podcast of all time. So things are starting to look good in 2019 and plenty more to come right here on the Cricket Budget radio show podcast. Until next week, enjoy your Cricket Badges. Sports Social Podcast Network.